start of the episode. But how about us yeah. doing the freaking episode with the Briss and Charles Levin last week, and then as, as of us recording it today, his body is found uh, after being missing for like how many months? Yeah, that that was actually very nuts. Um, <laughs> yeah, the seventy-year-old was in the process of moving. He was reported missing by his son in June. Oh my lord! And his body was found in July. So I don't know why this didn't come across our radar. Maybe it did. I mean, the story looked familiar when I saw it this morning. I was like, oh, yeah, that did look kind of familiar. And then, you know, I guess if, if it was July, I wouldn't have brought it up because we hadn't gotten to the bris yet. Uh-huh. But like, um, I was just getting... Or maybe, yeah, I, I would have. I don't know. I, what just happened today then? Because I was just getting like push notifications about it today. Yeah. So they just released more information about, um, you know, his car was reportedly found with a broken mirror and dents. Okay. Authorities believe he was turned around on the way to his new home. And left his car in order to try to get help on foot. And then he died after he fell down a ravine as he attempted to get help. Jesus. But supposedly his, yeah, and his body was like decomposed and partially consumed by vultures. Oh my God. I know. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely metal as hell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he was, uh, we were just raving about his performance. You know, he was a highlight of, of that episode uh, for us. And then this, it's just crazy how... That that news comes out, you know, uh-huh. right as we were talking about it. Oh my god! Uh, but but yeah, I I think we got a, a tweet from Fred Esposito uh, who pointed out like, oh yeah, this was actually the Moyle. And then I remember that yeah. news coming out like back in like uh, in June and in July whenever they found his body. And I'm like, oh, I have no idea who this guy is. He must have just been in one episode. And lo and behold, he was in just one episode. I know how crazy. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, God. that's that's just nuts. I, I hope we didn't jinx him in some way. <laughs> we, we well, we we, um, we jinxed uh, we jinxed his soul. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, oh, we could say welcome to no hugging, no learning here. Oh, it's uh, the show about one thing: watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy, and I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we're going to be talking about the Lip Reader, which is season five, episode six. But before that, I didn't even have time to go back. We're we're we're. Uh, recording on a different schedule today so i still haven't looked for the candy bar did you have a chance to look at the candy bar <laughs> i didn't no <laughs> okay all right let's just skip it let's not even talk about it all right, the, um the, the I, did candy, you look at any the, the candy bar saga continues uh, yeah did you look at any ray j johnson uh materials damn it no <laughs> no nah, me neither me neither that's fine that's fine we um, we are awful here's, uh, awful students of our own homework today it's true um <laughs> so i found i, I was i was googling Everybody, you know, there, there's a lot of information about that crowd gasped, the shocked crowd gasp. That okay. why the hell was I bringing it up last week? Uh, because uh, you were wondering like what the name of the gasp was, and I had yeah, but thought, why was I talking about it? Um, oh, because I think I, I think, I think it. What is it in that episode where the um uh, in the bris? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I was talking about yeah, it. Yeah, because it it's in the very beginning whenever uh, the guy jumps off the building. <gasps> and Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, I think I had I, thought that you were talking about uh the Wilhelm scream and uh, right. we, we were going to like compare uh the Wilhelm scream to whatever scream it is that you were talking about. Yeah, the Wilhelm scream is just one guy going ah 
Yes. And the, the shocked crowd gasp is a bunch of people going, ah! And I don't think it's in the episode. <laughs> I think I just mentioned that um, I could have, you know, I think it would have been a good addition. Oh, yeah. To that. That, but you, you were referencing, you thought the right. sound design was very good for that sequence. That's right. And, and I think we were saying uh, the, the only thing that could plus it up was, uh, was a crowd yeah. gasp. Because it, it was uh, Some, just yeah, silent yeah. and then you hear a very distant thud like a, a thud on a, yeah, onto yeah. a metallic surface obviously that being uh the roof of george's car yeah and like nobody would exclaim if they saw that happen yeah you know, it would really. just be stunned <laughs> silence which i find hard to believe uh, you know what they should have put in there the lady from the end of the pirate the puppy shirt oh my god <laughs> Just, just. Uh, I, I know they they obviously weren't uh, recording on like digital audio, but just copy and paste her exact uh, line from the crowd. Yeah, yeah. That same lady. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so I, I did. So that doesn't have a name like the Wilhelm scream or the Horn of Gabriel, which is that blah that you hear in a lot of um, movie oh. trailers and stuff like that. The oh, Inception like the, sound. I was gonna say the only sound made in the entirety of the Inception trailer. I, exactly. Yeah. I, I um, think so. Th- a lot of those sound effects have names, but this one doesn't. It's uh, the the uh, most information I could found is it's just a generic sound from. The Sound Ideas Sound Effects Library, which is, I guess, widely used in Hollywood. Interesting. To be even more specific, uh, this person said it is track 53 on the third audience reaction CD. What? So that's (laughs) the only name that, yeah. And the the only other name that um, that I could find for it is something like Absurd crowd gasp i think so if you go to youtube and you search absurd crowd gasp you'll find compilations of this sound effect yeah Uh, i do know that that uh that sound uh has actually gone on to uh have like a a different name because i I don't know have you ever heard of the podcast Twenty Thousand hertz uh i think you've told me about it Uh, Uh, but uh, the the name that i found for that is the horn of gabriel Okay, uh, I I know they always refer to it as the booge. Oh, interesting. Because it, it's the booge. The, the booge. So it's just booge, booge. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it, it might be like something like entirely different. But uh, they, they were they had this really interesting episode. Uh, how they like broke down every blockbuster movie trailer and how it's the exact same thing. Like there's uh yeah like a, a, a dramatic reading from the protagonist, a booge, followed by like the, <laughs> followed by the antagonist, followed by a, a weird cover of some eighties song. Yeah. Oh right, 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 yeah. <laughs> um let me see. I, I found some other as long as we're talking movie sound effects, I, you know, I was reading a lot of interesting ones that you know, once you start you know, go down a rabbit hole like this. You're like, oh yeah. How about the eagle screech that you hear in every single every single time you need a bird? It's always the same. Ah! You know, like the the <laughs> eagle screeching. Um, and it's actually a red tail hawk. It's not even an eagle. But you know what I'm talking about, right? I, I think so. I honestly i I wouldn't be able to point it out like off the top of my head now. But as soon as I yeah. heard it, I would know it. I'm sure. Yeah, I did a pr- pretty horrible eagle scream, but I just can't get that high right now. <laughs> The, uh, how about the uh, the truck passing, the one that's like the horn oh that goes by. It's, God, it's, it's, most yeah. of the time, it's like a jump scare. Like there's a character <laughs> who's standing in the street, and then they're just narrowly missed by this truck that you know we should have been hearing coming for the past you know minute or so. But all of a sudden, it starts making a noise and, and goes by. 
I know uh, Grace and I were watching a YouTube video the other night. This guy was talking about, have you ever heard of the movie Baby Geniuses? Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, the awful like laughing sound effect by one of the kids is the same sound effect used in the entire movie. They have one recorded child's oh my laugh gosh. and they use it throughout the entire hour and a half movie. Oh, that is awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough to get kids to laugh though on cue so i guess i can understand that they were I, like you know what these kids are putting us behind schedule i guess you, you record one it's like all right that's it <laughs> yeah exactly they're like we, we're burning daylight we're you know we got to end the day you know <laughs> oh my this God. kid's not gonna laugh i don't want to like delay us like much more but did you see like what hulu is doing or, or what disney's doing with hulu uh coming up soon they're I saw that they're moving FX to Hulu, yeah, I think. Is that, that, that right? Yeah, that, that's it. I mean, once... Um, yeah. I don't know if this is going to replace uh, like the Seinfeld deal, because obviously Seinfeld is moving to uh, Netflix next year. But Is it next year? Maybe a year after. Um, but uh, all pretty much the entirety of FX's history from their, from their uh, channel is going to be available on Hulu. Like every American Horror Story season, every Always Sunny season, and I'm just kind of excited to go back and watch things like Man Seeking Woman and Wilfred. Oh, oh, Wilfred was awesome. I loved that <laughs> I, I show. I loved Wilfred. Man, that was great. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to bring that up like very briefly because I know we've established before that, uh, I, I mean, until it's on Netflix, that we're watching all of the episodes on Hulu. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, might I add that one um, FX is on Hulu. We can watch Son of the Beach. Starring the great Tim Stack. Oh my from god! The uh, glasses episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Is it on there now? Remember, that was an or, FX show. It, okay. I don't. I don't know. Oh no. I don't know if you can stream. But if you're saying it's all going to be up there, then well, then they got to have Son of the Beach. I maybe. I, I think they're just going to have all of their good shows. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> That went three seasons, two or three seasons. I think. I think it just went two seasons, actually. Hey, maybe maybe they'll have <laughs> Across it across three years. <laughs> I, I know the yeah. the big marquee shows where everything Ryan Murphy and Always Sunny, and then uh, the the League. I think had like seven or eight seasons. Oh uh, man, yeah. <laughs> I remember. I mean, I don't understand why everything isn't just available all the time. Like it just doesn't make sense that you know who cares if no one watches it. Put it in the cloud and forget about it. Yeah, you know, I, I just don't understand why I can't watch it. Like you know, they put up stuff piecemeal, and like, what what is that meant to do? You know, just make everything available all the time, anytime, because we we have the technology. You know, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be an issue with uh, storage space. You think, right? Maybe either storage space no, or it just can't be. no. We have uh, we've got to have know. it. Maybe it's bandwidth, but I mean, we 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 just make more store. You know, like you can print. Memory, you know, like literally just put out another hard drive and put Son of the Beach on it, you know? <laughs> but it could be a bandwidth. It could be a bandwidth thing. I have no, but that's on our end, you know? I, I don't know what it is. It's got to be, my, my guess is it's licensing, you know? It's like, oh, well, we'd have to pay Howard Stern, for instance, in our Son of the Beach example, you know, just to even host it. So we don't want to <laughs> do that. So we're not going to put go through the trouble to put that up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But for stuff, you know, like HBO, for instance, they own all their own shows, you got to imagine. So, uh -huh. 
you know, why not? Why can't I watch The Sopranos? Oh, maybe I can. I, I don't know. I haven't explored too much of HBO now, but you know, why don't they put up stuff? I, I'm sure that, if there's. I'm sure if there's one old series that you can watch the entirety of at any time, it's The Sopranos. That that show made them so yeah, much yeah. money. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what what about the Life and Times of Tim? You know, that one was on HBO. I don't know if that one's up there, <laughs> but um, you know, it, I, I just it it. it it can't be anything having to do with storage. It's just got to have to do with money and licensing. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, not to um, you know, put the episode too much further in the distance, but uh, <laughs> you and I both saw that the Seinfeld Instagram account recently polled fans on their favorite, favorite episodes, and they released a ranking of the top 30. Now, a lot of these we haven't seen, of course, because they run the gamut of the whole um, uh, you know, series, uh-huh. and we're only on season five. So, um, I don't know, uh, I, I guess I, I don't want to read through 30 episodes. Um, it, the number 30 is the serenity now. Maybe I'll just read the ones that we've gone over. Okay. Um, I mean, I've, the bumble boy is I, 29, okay. which I loved. I, I know I'm only looking at the list of the top 10 at the very least. Yeah. Uh, the limo is 28, which I also love. That's the white supremacist episode. Oh God. Uh, the butter shave we haven't gotten to yet. The puffy shirt is number 26. Got to okay. agree. Uh, the airport which is a good one. Um, that's the one where Kramer and George have to pick up Jerry and uh, they keep you know, going back between the different airports. Oh and my George God. might be in yeah, Time yeah, yeah. Magazine and stuff like that, I believe. Yeah. The Race, I don't remember what that one is. Uh, the Summer of George, we haven't gotten to yet. The Library, the Yada Yada, which we haven't gotten to yet. Uh, the Betrayal, the Dinner Party, the Outing. Oh, yeah, that's the one where um, the, the journalist thinks they're oh, gay, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> it must be. Did, did uh, we, the did switch? We, did the we do fire. the race already? Did we do what? Did we do the race already? I know you just said like you couldn't remember what, which one it was. Yeah, no, I just I said I wasn't going to read all thirty, and then I was like, oh, screw it, it's just the blank, the blank, the blank. <laughs> um, so I did just start reading all of them. No, the race is season six, oh, so okay. we haven't done that one yet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the little kicks, the junior mint at number fourteen, yes. which I think we both agreed we were like impressed with i was like i can't believe this episode holds up but it does mm-hmm. uh the rye was 15 the parking garage is number 12 a classic uh you know almost a uh bottle episode uh the gym is number 11 the hamptons is number 10 the chinese restaurant is number nine a very early episode to appear in, a, in the top 10 the chicken roaster uh which is from season eight the strike which is from season nine that's the festivus episode we definitely haven't gotten there yet the boyfriend from season three uh, which they count as one episode. They don't do the boyfriend part one and the boyfriend wow. part two. All right. <laughs> yeah. I forget what we did in the grand scheme of things. Did we count it as two episodes? I don't think we did with that one actually. I I don't I know. I think if Hulu puts it together, I think Hulu has that one together. So we did it together. But now now I don't because I know there was one that screwed up our episode count. Uh huh. But we were like we're going with the way it aired, not the way it's counted now. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I think we did the boyfriend as one episode. Yeah, I think we did too. I think it was all one. Uh, let's see the uh, the Merv Griffin show from season nine was number five. The opposite from season five. We haven't gotten there yet, but we will get there soon. The marine biologist, which we also haven't gotten to yet, but is from this season that we're on right now. The soup Nazi. The number one is the contest from season <laughs> four, which which is also a pretty strong episode. Yeah, I don't know if it's my number one though. I feel like this was. I feel like this was voted on by people who are not in the middle of a chronological watch through <laughs> like us. You know what I mean? It, it, it's voted on by people who are just trying to remember uh, th- their favorite episodes off the top of their head. Yeah. And, and the things you remember about certain episodes aren't necessarily in the best episodes. Now we're finding that a lot of the greatest hits are the greatest hits for a reason, but, mm-hmm. but some of them are, you know, don't, 
don't really stand the test of time, but they're they have certain memorable little segments in them are like oh uh well I, like i could not tell you what actually happens in the yada yada <laughs> besides the fact that elaine coins the term yada yada or or somebody does you know uh-huh. I, I i gotta say I'm, so, I'm really excited that there's a lot of episodes we haven't gotten to in uh in the top 10 yeah yeah considering uh one of our twitter followers I, th- I believe it was fred esposito who said season five is the last great season of seinfeld yeah geez i, I mean there's four more seasons after that <laughs> uh, I, I know we're obviously going to hit like a, a, a long dearth of uh, just not great episodes. Uh, but I mean, every show goes through that, you know, every show, whenever, yeah. whenever you get like high up in the season count, like uh, writers change, producers change, uh, every, yeah. everything uh, Larry changes. Larry David left for crying out loud. When, so. when does Larry David leave? Is, is that is that too much of a spoiler for me? Um, I don't think so. If you think it's too uh, much of a spoiler see. for me, don't tell me, and I'll, I'll like try and guess it whenever we get there. Oh, after the seventh season. Oh, so okay. we still got two more seasons. Okay, okay. Yeah. So then it's just like the the final two seasons that are uh, Larry Davidless. Yeah, yeah, but I, I honestly don't remember a Seinfeld slump, so I'll be curious to see if I'm like, oh boy, I haven't, we haven't had a good episode in a while, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm not seeing a lot of season six and seven in the top ten. Uh, there's none, in fact. Yeah, and there's uh, there's two, three, five, four, seven, nine, eight. Yeah, so uh, that's pretty interesting. Oh, there is a seven in the top ten. Yeah, the soup Nazi. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But the yeah. fact that the the so fact maybe... that there's three episodes from season five in the top ten is, uh, it, I I think definitely gives merit to Fred Esposito's claim. Yeah, that it's a high point. Sure, mm-hmm. I'll go with that. Uh, and I think that's all I have as far as news and homework and stuff. Uh, same for me. Uh, I mean, before we before we get into things, I I do want to point out we do have some entries in Newman's mail sack that we will touch on at the Yay. end of the episode. Uh, but uh, with uh, without further ado, season five, episode six, or no, damn it, I'm I I'm getting these things yeah. mixed up again. Uh, if you've never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show. We like to do our homework the week after as though we are assigning it to ourselves. Uh, if you have never listened to us before, again, listen to the full thing. If you like it, give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts. We will send you a no-hugging, no-learning sticker once we get them made. We do not have them made yet, and we don't currently have plans to get them made or the money to get them made. If you have any <laughs> questions, if we skip over something, if we egregiously leave anything out, send us a tweet, send us an email at no hugging or no hugging no learning show at gmail.com both of those links are in the description season five episode six the lip reader original air date october 28th 1993 i was 10 months and 27 days old whenever this episode aired and if you're looking in tv guide that night you're gonna see george tries to capitalize on jerry's date with a deaf woman i kind of like it it's short we're always a fan of the short ones that don't give too much away but Mm -hmm. uh, we'll of course see towards the end of the episode we start with the stand-up bit as always and jerry is talking about why we have to be so quiet at tennis matches and i really liked this premise i mean he doesn't really take it anywhere that great but Uh it's true like why are why are tennis crowds so (laughs) quiet you know? Yeah, I I never really got that, although I also never stopped to think about it. Yeah, me neither. That's why it's such a great observation. <laughs> I mean, this is, like I said, it's not hilarious, but it is like, it does make you go, yeah, what is the deal? It's not like golf where they're standing in one spot and trying to concentrate. There, There's constant movement. And so, 
you know, if anything, stuff like baseball should be silent, where the pitcher and the batter are in a one-on-one face-off, and there's there's a, a little bit of action uh-huh. every couple of minutes. But um, you, like with tennis, it, it doesn't make any sense. You should be able to cheer whenever you want, and and for sure, like you'll get some crowd noise if there's a an amazing hit that was actually in. There'll be a <laughs> there'll be a shocked crowd gasp. Oh, but <laughs> but there should be like constant raucous. Um, you know, applause and murmur throughout all tennis matches. I think. Yeah. Do you um, do you get why love is zero? No, I I don't know why. This is the other part of the bit. Uh, you know, Jerry goes into the goofy scoring. He was like, if you score once, all of a sudden you're up fifteen. You score twice, it's thirty. Thirty love, and then and then he goes somewhere where I'm like, all right, that was kind of dumb. Where he's like, sounds like an English call girl. That'll be thirty love. Like, oh, jeez, wow. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, that was unneeded, I, I think. If you just leave yeah. it at the the obscurity of, why is everyone quiet at tennis matches? And, and just end it there. Yeah. It's it's not bad. Yeah, and, and the goofy scoring is, is a funny part, too. But then to take it like, it, it was just corny. I was like, oh, man, that'll be 30, <laughs> love. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, the premises were better than the punchlines in this stand-up bit. Mm-hmm, for sure. We open uh, at the U.S. Open, and uh, Jerry and George are there, and they got great seats. Um, Jerry uh, gives George the sunblock. George complains that it's only 25 SPF, and, and he needs more than that. It's also not PABA-free. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I have but no it's idea. Obviously, and neither does George. You know, Jerry's like, you don't know what PABA is. He's like, I know enough that to know it's bad for me or something like that. <laughs> um, and then they start talking about Todd's party. Are you going to go? Jerry doesn't want to drive. Uh, George is bringing his new girlfriend, Gwen, and Jerry's like, oh, a date to a party. And he's, uh, George is like, is that a bad idea? He's like, well, you know, you, you can't circulate. You want to talk to other people. And he brings up J. Edgar Hoover as an example of uh, the most interesting person that you'd want to talk <laughs> to. But still, if you were at a party with J. Edgar Hoover, you'd want to you'd still want to circulate. Oh, my Lord. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so George is like, well, you know, Todd introduced them. He's friends with both of them. So Gwen, you know, Gwen's got to go. If he goes, Gwen's mm-hmm. got to go with him and so on. Uh, meanwhile, Jerry becomes infatuated with this lineswoman from, at, at the tennis match. Oh, yeah. And then uh, George calls her a BL. And Jerry's like, a BL, yeah. a beautiful lineswoman. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that was I thought that was hilarious. It's like it, it reminds me. <laughs> You know, it's like, don't don't try to make abbreviations happen. You know, like Jerry could have said, it seems like something George, he like rolls his eyes at it and it's like, oh yeah, she's a real BL. Like, what? <laughs> Beautiful lines woman. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't try to make initials happen. Um, uh, over at Pendant Publishing, uh, one of Elaine's coworkers comes in, lets her know that uh, the Lexington subway line is out and Elaine has to get to a meeting. And now she doesn't know how she's going to do it because it's Friday at 4.30. She's never going to get a cab. Oh, and uh, okay. uh, her coworker is like, what? I-, I didn't know that she meant Lexington subway line. I think she just said Lexington line. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I, I didn't know it, it was a subway. Uh, I thought she was saying like the Lexington line of like, I don't know, something book related oh, was out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our Lexington line is out. Yeah. But Elaine's <laughs> upset. That, that's what I thought it was for some reason. That's why I was confused. I'm like, okay, why can't Elaine, t- why why is Elaine yeah. going to have issues getting home? <laughs> um yeah and so the the employee the co-worker says why don't you just take our car service you know we got an account and elaine hates taking the car service because the drivers always insist on talking to her and she doesn't like the small talk which is kind of weird because surely she takes cabs all the time and 
maybe it's less of a thing in cabs than with car services. Maybe because uh, I mean I don't know. It, are you guys taking like Lyfts and Ubers now that you're down in Pittsburgh at all? Like to try and like avoid driving in the Sarah city? Sarah does. Sarah definitely does. Like she'll, she works close to downtown. And uh-huh. yet if there's a meeting downtown, she'll take an Uber or a Lyft. I think she's Ubers because um, parking is just such a bear. It's like oh not God, worth moving yeah. your car. You know, it's just faster and cheaper in the long run because all of the, um, you know, parking decks are super expensive. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's been doing that a lot, but I don't know if she's gotten chatty drivers. I'll have to ask her. I, I know when we were out in Hollywood for uh, the honeymoon, uh, the, the hotel provided yeah. a shuttle that was free. I, I mean, you had to tip, but it, it was free within like a, a yeah, three-mile yeah. radius of the hotel. But otherwise, we did like pretty much all Lyft and Uber. We got this one Lyft uh, that we originally wanted to, to take us from In-N-Out to uh, the Walk of Fame up to Griffith Park, right? So it was going to be a pretty long ride, right? Yeah. We get in his car. This dude uh, doesn't like say one word. Uh, his car's <laughs> dirty as shit, and Tim, <laughs> I swear to God, there was blood spatter on his roof, oh my like gosh. on the headliner in the roof that I shit Ooh. you not looked like someone had their throat slit. Oh my gosh! It, it was, was like a great quantity. Yes. It was scary as hell. Wow. Like, Grace and I couldn't say anything to each other the entire ride to the Walk of Fame. Meanwhile, I'm scrambling on the app to, like, change our destination so that our final pickup is the Walk of Fame instead of, like, being, like, a a, like a, a, a midpoint destination. So he would wait <laughs> yeah. for us and then take us up to the, up to the observatory. No, he, I, I wanted him to drop us off as soon as fucking possible because <laughs> we were both terrified. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and so i guess there was no small talk no no there was no small talk <laughs> i i, I was afraid i was afraid we were both getting murdered oh that's weird <laughs> back uh, uh the back at the um what is it it's flushing meadows it's uh, uh you know the, the the, US where open. the tennis is yeah the u.s open at the concession stand george uh as sits down with a gigantic ice cream sundae and uh starts to chow down i love that that's the whole scene <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's setting up for a, a great payoff oh, yeah. in a second because oh, absolutely. Kramer is watching the tennis match on Jerry's TV and they're like, all right, well, we'll be back to the action in a moment. But first, let's take a look around the grounds. <laughs> and th- then the camera is on George and he is covered in ice cream and the commentators are making fun of George. And I mean, he is just like he eats in the most disgusting way. Like, this is not the first time we've seen it. Oh, it's it's not. But also, like, whenever we saw him eating spaghetti that one point, he, like, had his yeah. face obviously in the spaghetti. And he's just, like, demanding. Yeah. I forget who he was eating with. But he's just, like, napkin, like, uh, g- garlic bread. Or, or something, but, but he's just like calling for what he needs. Oh, that was the that was I think the God bless you one. Oh my God, yeah, you're right. Where he um, says God bless you, uh, but, but like, he eats like a pig in front of Janice too, doesn't he? That's true, but I, I don't think Janice yeah, minded yeah. it. So I, I'm not. No, no, but he still was. It still was disgusting. I minded it. <laughs> that's true, uh, but like I don't know how much time has passed before or, or between he sat down with the Sunday and Kramer sees him on TV. Yeah. But like you said, his entire face is covered oh. in ice cream the worst part of that is i hate being sticky like when i <laughs> eat ice cream if if any gets on the part of the spoon that i touch uh-huh. i need to get a new spoon oh like my God. I, I seriously just go get a new spoon <laughs> it's the worst yeah 
<laughs> stickiness is I, I just can't stand it and so but kramer is like you know cracking up at the tv and uh meanwhile in the car that elaine has called the car service car elaine first tries ignoring the driver with some advice that the co-worker said just just bring a magazine to keep your head down but the driver is not taking that as a, a no uh, he's, <laughs> he keeps talking to elaine like oh pen and publishing what do you do books uh, yeah, you know what? I, I like newspapers. I don't read much. He's just prattling on and on. Um, and so <laughs> Elaine, this it's pretty funny. Elaine goes, I'm having trouble hearing you. And then he just gets louder. <laughs> oh, I said, I like to do the jumble. <laughs> <laughs> and then Elaine tells him, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I'm going deaf. Uh-huh. And um, he's like, oh, uh, you know, sorry about that. What, what about a hearing aid? And Elaine goes, fearing AIDS? Oh, of course, who isn't? But, uh, you know, you got to live your life, <laughs> which is which is a, a little bit of hilarious improv from Elaine in the show. Uh-huh. You know? I, I wonder, was that uh, improv, do you think? Or, or was that written out? Well, not, not, by, not by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, but by Elaine. Oh, you know, it was okay. just funny that she went from hearing AIDS to, or hearing aid to fearing AIDS. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure it was pre-written, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's just funny that Elaine went there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it works, uh, and the driver gives up trying to talk to her. Back at the U.S. Open, Jerry is still smitten. He's like, I- I'm just going to go talk to her. And George is shocked. He's like, you're going you're gonna to go in cold? Uh-huh. You're not one of those guys. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting because I feel like we've seen Jerry maybe never make the first move, but he certainly has no problem talking to women he doesn't know. Yeah, I don't know. But maybe it's... I don't really know like where George is coming from here. Uh, it, it's not like Jerry, like you said, is shy at all. Yeah, yeah, and... But maybe it's not on the tip of like trying to pick them up. Maybe he's just, you know, maybe he's just a flirt, you know? That's true. Because because he, he certainly, you know, has talked to, you know, he'll, he'll say stuff to women just randomly on the street and, you know, nothing ever comes of it. Sometimes it does. I feel like um, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head. But <laughs> I, again, this is another thing I have in common with George. You know, it's like who goes up and just talks to women they don't know. Yeah. You know, and, and then George is also he's like he's also scared. He's like, I'm going to be left on the other side if you become one of those guys that goes up and just talks to women cold that they're interested in, you know? <laughs> um, and it goes back to George's whole thing, like, you know, I don't want her to know that I like her and that kind of thing. I forget what episode that's from, but it's the same kind of thing. You can't let them know that you're interested in them. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what are you even going to do? And he's like, what are you going to say? He's like, I don't know, hi. And George laughs. He's like, oh, you're going to the other side with hi. Okay. Back in the car, uh, the driver uh, that is driving Elaine around gets a message on the radio for his next pickup. And the dispatcher says it is Hanks, Tom Hanks. <laughs> and Elaine is elated and says, oh, my gosh, Tom Hanks, I love him. Basically giving up that she can totally hear. Oh, and the yeah. driver is like, um, yeah, he's like, oh, I guess your hearing goes in and out, huh? Yeah, it, it's, and, not, uh, it's not so much that he's, like, really upset or offended, but he's just really hurt, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also disgusted. You know, he's he's disgusted with it. And, and this had to be tough for Elaine to hear. Mr. Tom Hanks would be disgusted, too. <laughs> he says something to that effect. Uh, also, uh, did you catch uh, the really bad chroma key inside the car around Elaine's hair? Like, every every oh. inch around her hair is just, like, fuzzy pixels. Oh, geez. No, I did not pick that. I did not notice that. I was watching on my tablet today instead of on my TV. Oh, okay. uh, but you were, you were watching on a smaller screen. Well, maybe were you watching on the computer screen? Uh, no, I, I ended up watching it on my TV. Oh, oh okay, okay. Yeah, so I, I, did, I didn't notice that on, on my little tablet. But um, yeah, he's, he's like, oh, I, I know you're type too good to talk to the driver, you know. <laughs> and, and so, 
Yeah, like she feels awful about what she's done, and the, the driver is, you know, like you said, hurt, but also disgusted that she would feign a handicap just to avoid talking to him. Back at the U.S. Open, Jerry is making contact with the lineswoman, who is seemingly ignoring him. You know, he says hi, and excuse me, hi, and then Jerry starts laying into her yeah. immediately. <laughs> yeah, he, like, J- Jerry's he gets just, mad instantly. Jerry's just the ultimate nice guy here. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He even starts saying, you know, it's women like you. I would have loved <laughs> if he'd have, have completed that sentence because I'm sure you could write it. You know, I'm sure you could put it in a Reddit comment today and it would get a million upvotes. Oh, God. Just don't yeah. credit Jerry. Just be like, you know what I think of the women who blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, because like I understand that we had to move through the scene quickly. I mean, uh-huh. he had to be on a short fuse but i mean this is right out of george's playbook i forget what you used to call it you know women owing george yeah that's what it was oh something my like God. that I, I what did i what did i call it I, it was uh uh george women owe me sex for being nice costanza is that what i called him yeah yeah something like that yeah <laughs> but yeah jerry's um, definitely taking a a, a a page out of his playbook there yeah um but so you know what he starts uh you know she turns around and he you know doesn't finish his sentence but he goes what are you deaf and then she says bingo (laughs) and by the way this is marley matlin do you do you recognize her she's basically like the only famous deaf actress um i want to say that she has an oscar for something but i don't know what huh um yeah she won an academy award for best actress um for something interesting okay but yeah she's just a, a super famous I'm sure she's a very fine actress, but she's also deaf. You never know where to put a descriptor like that just to not be, oh, yeah, she's a famous deaf actress. Yeah. Like, well, why do you I, have to say it like that? Why do you just say she's a famous actress? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure someone would argue like, oh, just say she's a famous actress who is deaf. I, I, right. I, I don't really know where where that descriptor would go either. Yeah. <laughs> it always just feels weird no matter where you put it but yeah, yeah. she won the best actress award uh for children of a lesser god the only deaf performer or performer who is deaf uh, <laughs> to have won an academy award wow all right good for her that's awesome yeah yeah so um you know if you're gonna if you're going to hire a uh, an actress who is deaf uh you're definitely <laughs> you definitely just want marley matlin just go for the best you know yeah. that's what seinfeld did and i want hang on a second i wonder if she was an oscar winner let me go back to her Little, where, when did Children of a Lesser God come out? Because Was she an Oscar I winner before this episode came out? Yes, Children of a Lesser God is from 1986. Whoa, they scored a yeah. Oscar winning best actress for like a supporting Dang. role in a sitcom? Jeez. Yeah, I mean, it had been seven years, but still. Wow. She was probably still making it happen in 93. Well, well, well think of who, who won like best actor and best actress in, what was seven years ago, 2012? Yeah. Let me... Let's see. Which one are you looking up? I'll look up the other one. I'll, I'll look up best actress. I'll look up actress. Oh, damn. Okay, okay. good. I'll look up best actor. N- oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you said actor the first time. In 2012, <laughs> it was Michelle Williams, uh, Viola Davis, Rooney Mara, Meryl Streep, and Glenn Close. <laughs> okay. L- listen to this. Best actor in 2012 okay. uh, was Jean Dujardin from... Uh, the artist. From the artist. Yeah. <laughs> so he won... Yeah, he won Best Actor. I feel like you could get Jean Dujardin uh, on like the Goldbergs for a TV show these yeah. days. Yeah, on the Goldbergs, <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, I don't. Can, yeah, yeah, so I don't even know who won. Do you think uh, Jean? Oh, du- Viola Davis won that year. Do you think? Do you, do you think Jean Dujardin is going to appear on Bob Hart's Abishola? <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's a good shot of him being on the Unicorn next season. <laughs> um, but by the way, so here's what's funny: Viola Davis won that year. 
I, I think. Uh-huh. And she is a TV star now. You Wait, know? what is she? What is she doing now? She's uh, well. She was on um, How to Get Away with Murder. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Maybe. Hang on, let me see if she actually. Oh wait, never mind. Meryl Streep won. So, uh, oh, okay. That phony baloney. Yeah. And, and you know Meryl's never doing TV. Yeah. I, I don't think. I mean, she uh, she does HBO, but that's not TV. It's I, HBO. Unless Apple can like fork over enough money to get her to do her own show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she does do Big Little Lies. So, but like I said, it's not TV. It's HBO. <laughs> that's their whole thing. Um. Oh, and I think she did uh, the TV movie Angels in America, but oh, again, okay. HBO. Yeah, exactly. Go to HBO. Go to HBOMax.com/slash No Hugging, <laughs> and you're gonna get to, nothing. You'll get zero days free. Get your first three months free because it doesn't launch for three months, so you can just uh, you know it's free. <laughs> um, uh, so back at the apartment, Jerry is telling Kramer about uh, you know dating. I love this exchange too. Like Kramer goes, "So you're saying she's deaf?" And Jerry goes, "I'm not saying she's deaf." She's deaf. <laughs> I thought that was uh, just some fun writing there. Uh, and Kramer knows uh, sign language. And at this point, I'm like, is this real? <laughs> yeah, because I, mean, I mean, Kramer's never touched on, like, knowing sign language before. But, I, I mean, it's never come up before. But you'd think something like that would, uh, I don't know, come up prior to them having a deaf woman on the show? Yeah, and, and it's Kramer, so he's he he exaggerates his gestures all the time, and that kind of looks like what he's doing, but it's like that kind of sign language where it, it looks like it might be fake, but it also might be real. You know, I'm like, well, that could be that could be the real sign for that, or is Kramer just like pretending to sign, you know? Yeah, it's like, hmm, are you using sign language or are you just Italian? Because uh, I'm... I'm guilty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guilty of this all the time. Like Grace will openly make fun of me for how much I talk with my hands. It, yeah, it, it's very bad sometimes. Do you talk with your hands on the air? I totally do. Oh, all the time. Uh, like we'll open a break and I'll just be like gesturing all over the place. I'll like accidentally like smack my mic or smack the computer screen. I'm like, what am I doing? I don't need to be doing this. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've hit myself in the face several times <laughs> while talking on the like on uh, in a medium where no one is looking at. Yeah, you no one sees you except the other person in the room and like if i was handcuffed i just wouldn't be able to do what i do for a living uh what i've actually started doing uh is i've put my hands in my pockets hmm. interesting yeah i um i i didn't do it like to quit talking with my hands but i did it because yeah. our our uh boom arms because i mean you're familiar with yeah. with the studio uh, they're very right. creaky, and they need some WD forty, like no one's business. But if I accidentally, yeah. like, I'm gonna see if I can like mimic the sound on this one here. If I move the mic arm like this, oh, of course, this one's actually very well oiled. Yeah. Uh, but like, if damn it, I can't get any sound out of this one. <laughs> okay, it's the one mic that works. <laughs> it's it's the one functioning microphone arm, but it's so bad. It's like. Argh. And yeah, and it definitely picks up. Sometimes, over if you hit it the right way, you can get you can get a good uh, inception sound from the springs too. <laughs> if you hit it, if you hit it Wait, in if, a sweet spot, if you just like thwap the spring, I'm gonna try it. Oh, that sounded cool! Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> that sounded really cool. <laughs> should, should, should I try it one more time? Okay. <laughs> yeah, like that. Yes, like that's how I hit the microphone when I'm talking with my hands. 
Um, <laughs> and so uh, Elaine comes in and she uh, thinks it's amazing that Jerry is dating uh, a woman who is deaf because she was just pretending to be deaf. And she starts rationalizing it because she got caught. Like, no, he caught me hearing. She's trying to convince them and herself that, like, I know this is terrible, but I'm not a terrible person. And to give examples of that, she says, when I'm shooing squirrels, I say, you get out of here. And she doesn't try to, like, hit them or, or anything like that, like other people do. Uh, and she never stares at the freaks on the street, but she also doesn't look away in disgust. She, she, there's a middle ground that she <laughs> finds that the, the freaks probably appreciate. I think Jerry says that. <laughs> Yeah, she also says like she doesn't poof her hair up when she goes to the movies. She's just like really grasping yeah, yeah. at any straw she can find to prove that she's not an awful person. <laughs> yeah, and she wants to make it up to the driver, and they have the idea to get Kramer's ticket guy. Kramer has a guy who can get tickets to shows and stuff to give him some tickets and uh, to a show of some sort. And uh, Elaine says that's a great idea, so let's do it. And meanwhile, Kramer, uh, going back to Jerry dating the lines woman, he tells him he wants to be a ball boy. Ask her how the uh, you know how they get their jobs. And Jerry's like, you're missing an important point here. It's ball boy, not ball man. And Kramer <laughs> thinks there should be ball ballman. And so Jerry's like, all right, you want to be a ballman? I'll I'll ask her about it. And um, meanwhile, Kramer and Elaine. Elaine mentions that. One of her coworkers saw George on TV, and Kramer was like, "Oh yeah, I saw the whole thing. It was hilarious." And his reenactment of eating the ice cream sundae was absolutely hilarious in this scene. <laughs> it was perfect. It was it was really on point. Yeah. Uh, over at Monks, Gwen is breaking up with George, and this is one of the great exchanges that you'd see in in Seinfeld clip shows. She starts giving him the "It's not you, it's me," and George goes, <laughs> "George is just taking it." He's like, "You're giving me." It's not you, it's me. I invented it's not you, it's me. If it's anybody, it's me. And she goes, fine, it's you. And he's like, you're damn right it is. I I've definitely seen um, this clip before. I, I don't know where, Oh, uh, but I I've seen this before. And I, I, I knew going in that... Uh, th th this was a reference, but I didn't know how big of a reference it was, you know? Yeah. I wonder how new It's Not You, It's Me was to break up technology at this point. You know, I, I mean, know. somebody had to be the first to say that. Yeah, I'm sure we could look it up on Urban Dictionary or some other super reliable source. Yeah, right. Back in the apartment, Jerry and George are talking about the breakup. And George goes, hey, you know, she tried to give me It's Not You, It's Me. And Jerry goes, that's your routine. <laughs> uh, and Kramer tells George he was on TV. And at first, George is excited. He's like, oh, that's awesome. And he's like, oh, yeah, the uh, the announcers are making cracks about you. And George George's disposition changes immediately he becomes like <laughs> stoic and his smile fades from his face meanwhile kramer is still like thinks it's you know uh, the greatest news ever <laughs> and george is just staring at him he's like making cracks and then realizes that gwen must have seen that on tv because everybody's seen it and you know i think it's jerry who goes uh, she would break up with you over that is she really that superficial and george is like why not i would be <laughs> <laughs> Which I, um, I, I love it, that line, honestly, because it, it just sums oh, up definitely. everyone's character in one sentence. Yeah, and it's a rare, you know, um, I, forget, I don't know what you'd call it, but it's, you know, rare self-reflection. Most of the time, the gang expects more out of the universe than they are giving back. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, they expect to be treated better than they are being treated than. Um, then they treat the universe. Yeah, they yeah. expect to be treated better than than they treat everybody else. But in this one instant instance, George, you know, George had George has all the 
right to go. How could you be so superficial to blah blah blah? It's it's rare to be so honest with yourself, and and especially for this group uh-huh. in this scene. But it it's just funny. Yeah, uh, Jerry. The phone rings, and it's Jerry's dad, and he his parents saw uh, Jerry's parents saw George on TV. Uh, Elaine. It comes in and she references the video immediately. She's like, "Oh my gosh, does anyone have that on tape?" Um, <laughs> it's, it's too bad we're like ten years from YouTube because George definitely would have gone viral in this, uh, you know, in this instance. Oh yeah, God, this would have been like a uh, top trend on Twitter in '93. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There would have been you know tons of great. He, he, George would have been a meme. He would have been a viral meme. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he would have liked it or not, but you know, he, he definitely would have. He's like, well, now he doesn't know what to do about Todd's party. And there's an interesting little, you know, uh, discussion here about what the etiquette is for plans at a neutral location that a couple had before they broke up. Yeah. Um, and in this case, Todd's party. I, I never thought of something like this. I, I never thought of the topic. Like if a couple breaks up and had plans to go to a neutral place, who withdraws from going to that place? You know? I I, yeah. I never I never put thought into that. Maybe because I've never been in that situation, but it's a very good argument. Yeah, splitting up friends at the end of a breakup is uh, you know can can be tough sometimes, and, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what the case is here. It's like, all right, who gets Todd, George or Gwen? And Jerry says that um, G- George should go to the party because he is the breaky and he needs to get on with his life and and go have fun but elaine is on gwen's side she should be able to go to the party which she's the victor and to the victor go the spoils george is the loser i like that (laughs) again they're talking about him as if he's like not there yeah and she's like he's the loser she's the victor um so she should be able to go um and elaine you know jerry's like well i don't i don't know you know i I don't even know if i want to go because i don't want to drive jerry's like really really does not want to sit in traffic on four thir- at 4.30 on a Friday or whatever it's going to be to go to a party somewhere, which is kind of like, why doesn't Todd, why does Todd's party have to start at like six or whenever it's going to start, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why doesn't a Friday night party start at like seven or eight? I don't know, man. It, especially with like New York traffic. Is anybody going to be yeah, there at six? Exactly. I, I'm just guessing it starts at six because if they're leaving at 4.30, wherever this apartment is, it just seems like... It's it's a long way out, so I'm guessing like an hour and a half commute in rush hour traffic. <laughs> so in reality, it's but, probably like maybe ten miles away. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, and it's not accessible by subway, or I guess they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elaine volunteers the car service, and and I'm, I'm like, what's the difference if you're sitting behind the wheel? I I guess I guess it's the fighting the traffic. Jerry keeps talking about. You know, it's not just sitting in traffic. It's getting cut off, and it's trying to find a lane, and it's merging, and it's all that crap and, and, on Friday during rush hour that he doesn't want to do. And also, if you're driving in traffic, you're obviously in your own car. So if you get in an accident, yeah. you're on the hook. Uh, whereas if you're in like a cab or a car service, or, or today you're in a Lyft or an Uber, you're not on the hook at all. You're not the one driving. Yeah. And you, and you can just relax. It's not there's no stress whatsoever because someone else is doing the driving. Unless there's blood all over the roof. <laughs> right, right. Then it's high stress. <laughs> no matter who is driving. Elaine, so Elaine volunteers the car service and it sounds good. And so George is heading out. Uh, he, he mocks Elaine saying, to the victor go the spoils one last time. <laughs> and uh, as he's walking out, he horns in on Jerry's date. He's like, what are you doing tonight? And Jerry's like, oh, I'm seeing Laura. And uh, and George is like, oh, uh, yeah, no, no, but uh, he just sort of keeps dropping hints that he wants to go with Jerry and Jerry's okay with it. 
Um, and so they go to Hunan Fifth Avenue, Hunan Fifth Avenue, I guess I should probably say, um, Hunan Fifth Avenue, which, by the way, is the same restaurant they go to in the Chinese restaurant Wait, that we really? referenced earlier from season two. Th- they, were, yeah. they were at Hunan Fifth Ave? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. I know. Yeah. Uh, even the set looks kind of the same. You know, I, I doubt it's the exact same set from season two because we're three seasons removed, but uh-huh. uh, I, it, it looks pretty similar, uh, the interior set that they built. Um and I don't know if I did this much homework last time, but anytime there's I see an address or anything, so Hunan or Hunan, I don't know why I always put a, a that kind of a there. It's just a uh, very it was way at to three, say it. Yeah, yeah, it was at three twenty three Fifth Avenue, which is the exterior that we see here, right near the Empire State Building, actually. Oh, okay. um, and also, um, it, it's permanently closed at this location. It may have moved though to up near like fortieth or forty first. Uh, three or four years ago, um, mm-hmm. I think the building it was a part of was demolished. That's that's as, as far as I could tell. There's a lot of competing information out there, and in fact, uh, uh, a Seinfeld like uh, location fan site that I went to didn't even reference that this is the same restaurant that they go to in the Chinese restaurant in wow. season two. But uh, Mi- def- dropping yeah, but the ball, it, seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like so, but so if you Google Hunan Fifth Avenue and Seinfeld, all you'll come up with is references to. The Chinese restaurant, not the lip reader, which is which is kind of crazy. So yeah, dropping the ball. Seinfeld fan sites. Wow. Uh, George is ex- at, at uh, Hunan Fifth Avenue. George is explaining to Laura about the ice cream debacle, and she says, oh, "You know, they never have napkins at the uh, concession stand." And Jerry is uh, asking for the check. He's like, "Do you do you do this when you want the check? <laughs> you know that raise your hand and." <laughs> And make I, like a little writing thing. I, I know he's not trying at this point, but that's such an asshole move. <laughs> it's like, do, do you do do you do this? Do, it, does this mean sign? Does this yeah, mean, yeah. Does, does this, this mean is check? It, is this sign for check? Do you do this? <laughs> and she says, even though I don't believe that's ASL, uh, um, I bet check is some probably some <laughs> other sign. She still does do that universal sign for wanting the check uh-huh. jerry's like oh I, I already know i already know a sign check um <laughs> and at this point laura starts reading the lips of the couple behind jerry and george saying they're breaking up and jerry and george are like oh what are they saying now and she's like well it's not you it's me uh, which is a great callback and then at this point jerry and george converse covering their mouths in various ways like picking up their drinks, uh, rubbing their faces, putting food in their mouth and stuff like that, talking about Laura going to Todd's party so that George so that she can read Gwen's lips and George will finally know why she why she broke up with him. <laughs> and uh, you know J- Jerry's like it's not a parlor trick that for like, you know, birthday parties and bar mitzvahs whatever he says. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and George is like it's a, it's a talent she probably like showing it off like juggling. Um, and he's like, why don't you ask her? And if she says no, then case closed. And so Jerry, you know, starts speaking directly to Laura at this point and goes, you know, George was wondering and she goes, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> so somehow she was still, you know, comprehending whatever they were saying the whole time. Yeah. I, I And they, they pan back to Laura while Jerry and George are both talking and she's looking up at them, looking to see if they're saying anything. But I I think she was either eating or fixing her makeup or something. Uh, so yeah. she was definitely looking and didn't see anything. So I'm wondering if she heard them or if she just noticed their mouths moving like through all of the erratic movement and just noticed that it was out of the normal. 
she probably was able. Yeah, she was probably able to pick up just enough to put some pieces together. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. In Jerry's car later on, this seemed like okay. So he's like, okay, we'll go to Todd's party. Thanks. It's gonna be great. And he's like, we're getting a car service, so we'll pick you up at six. How about six? Six is good. Do you have a problem with six? Uh, and Laura <laughs> leaves in a huff. Um, and I mean, it's pretty obvious what happens in this scene, but it doesn't go anywhere. You know, even like in, in the next scene, Jerry just goes, uh, not the next scene, but the one after the one we'll talk about in a second, Jerry goes, Oh, she thought six looked like sex. And so, blah. I mean, I guess there's a little bit of payoff at the end of the episode uh-huh. where, you know, she's not that great of a lip reader, but yeah, I don't know. I, for some reason it just, it just didn't land on me for some reason. Really? See, I, I thought I, I thought this was actually kind of funny. I, I mean, we're only like a, a little bit over halfway through the episode here at, at this yeah. point. So I, I figured there was some payoff coming. But I, yeah. I, I kind of wish that there was some follow-up right here between Jerry and Laura. You know, instead of her yeah, storming yeah. out of the car... Like, Jerry clarifies it to her right there. It's like, oh, no, not sex. I mean six. And just, like, really, like, enunciate his his lip movements so that you know, like, oh, okay, she just misunderstood, but it also plants the seed for, huh, there there might be some words that look similar to other ones, you know? Yeah, yeah, she's not that good. She's not as good of a lip reader as we're we're led to believe, and and I guess that payoff just kind of dawned on me as we were speaking about it. But over at the U.S. Open, Kramer is at ball boy tryouts as a ballman, and he's mocked <laughs> by all the younger ball boys. Uh, this actor, by the way, the one that the punk that mocks him hardcore, uh, reminded me of cousin Timmy from the double dipping episode. Oh my god, yeah. Cousin- I don't know if it's the same actor, but we've we've been having a lot of double dipping with the extras and featured players in the show. So I, I wonder if it is. I, I don't think it was Cousin Timmy because I remember like no. wanting to punch Cousin Timmy in the face. Cousin Timmy sucked. This guy had a punchable face too, but he, he it, had it a may not be the same guy. Face, though. He had a different punchable face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kramer is, uh, you know, they're talking about how long the tryouts are and stuff like that. And so in the next shot, Kramer is full of energy, catching every ball that hits the net, and the ball boy punk is sweating on the sidelines. He can barely move. And so back of the apartment, Jerry's apartment, uh, Jerry, this is where Jerry talks about, oh, you know, I said six. She thought I meant sex, or she thought I said sex. So we, um, you know, we worked it all out. And this this does cause George to lose confidence in her lip reading abilities. Kramer, uh, he, gets, he has gotten the ballman gig, and then Newman comes running in. And talking about how he wants to use the lip reader. I like the way he puts it. I heard you got a lip reader working for you. <laughs> it's Jerry's girlfriend, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he wants to see if a, a new manager is talking about Newman and they're going to transfer him from behind the glass. But Jerry says, <laughs> you know, he's not going to do it. Not going to let him borrow the lip reader. Yeah. And, and then Newman freaks out. Newman's like, you know, when you control the mail, you control information. And he just like slinks yeah. out back into the hallway. Uh, but did, did you catch the the verbal Superman reference here? Other than Superman being on the fridge? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Good good pull. Uh, but uh, what? I think George was saying uh, knowing or Jerry dating Laura was like knowing Superman. And uh, Jerry was like, yeah, it's like she has x-ray vision or something to that effect. Yeah, being able to see what people are talking about from across the room. He's like, if we could harness this power, we'd be unstoppable is what George says. <laughs> It would be a great skill to have. Everybody wants to know how to learn to read lips. Oh, my God, yeah. 
in the car, so the car service, it's the same driver that Elaine had earlier, and they're all getting picked up to go to Todd's party, and, you know, they get in, and the driver is, like, yelling because he went deaf going to a rock concert, and uh, we get a little bit here where he goes, oh, it, it was at the garden, Metalla something, and <laughs> who, someone goes, ka. The, the exchange goes like this, ka, huh, ka, ah. Uh, you know, like four <laughs> different people say all of those. Yeah, it's yeah. a very Seinfeldian bit there. Um, and then so uh, he's like, I guess it was some lady's idea of a joke, you know, because his seats were right by the speaker. So um, he, he considered it more of an insult than a gift that Elaine gave him these tickets to go be deaf himself after a Metallica concert. Um, I bet Metallica at the Garden was awesome, though. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah like. I would go see that show. And I'm sure, like, that wasn't an easy ticket to get. Like, they had to get tickets from Kramer's ticket guy. Yeah, yeah. And and they were pretty horrible seats because you're right by a speaker, obviously. But that means you are (laughs) in the front row. Yeah, you're you're very close close. to it anyway. Yeah. That's a show that, like, I would would love to, I would be at, you know, because I'm not even a Metallica fan. But, you know, I'd, I'd get, like, nosebleed seats for really cheap. And not feel bad about going to the bathroom or going to get more drinks or, or whatever. Like that's that's a show that I would that I would do that at. Yeah, absolutely. Which are sometimes the best kind of shows, you know. Mm-hmm. Once they get to Elaine's house, everybody's in the car. But then they get to Elaine's house, and once the driver sees Elaine, he kicks everybody out of the car because of you know this this insult of the Metallica tickets and everything that she's done to him. Uh, besides that, and so finally we get to the party at Todd's. We don't know how we get there. Maybe they got a cab or something. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Actually, what, was it a cab? Because I think Maybe Jerry, Elaine called a different... I don't know. I, I maybe it was a cab because J- Jerry's saying something is like, we, we did what I originally didn't even want to do and that was fight traffic. Or maybe that's just Jerry saying that they ended up driving themselves, you know? Yeah, yeah. Maybe they, maybe they had to do that anyway. Yeah. Because they're super late. So they might've just all gone back to Jerry's apartment, got his car and then, and then drove up. Mm-hmm. Or wherever they were going. So Jerry introduces Laura to Kramer, and they start signing to each other. And this is where I'm like, oh, the whole time Kramer didn't know what he was doing because he's signing to Laura, and Laura is signing back, and she doesn't understand Kramer. But Kramer, of course, puts it on her. He's like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. (laughs) Um, And and so it made me think, like, oh, Kramer's sign language is some made-up Kramer family sign language, and she's doing real ASL. Uh Uh-huh. But then later on, that that theory is even found to be false. So I still don't know what's going on with Kramer and his sign language. But uh, George and Todd, you know, greet each other. And Todd is like, well, you know, I'm friends with you both. And if I talk to Gwen, you know, I, I can't betray her confidence and tell you anything about, you know, the breakup or what she says about you. And George, you know, knows he's got the plan. And so he, you know, feigns the sort of like... Um, honorableness where he's like it is none of my business (laughs) you should try to find out as much information as you can i'll stay on the other side of the room that way i won't hear anything (laughs) Um, and so uh gwen eventually comes in and this is where the the scheme starts to take place and and so again uh, like uh, laura and kramer didn't understand each other when they were signing and now kramer can all of a sudden understand when she's signing to him so I still don't know if, if there's anyone. Uh, I mean, I, I guess the hearing impaired don't listen to podcasts, but I really want to know <laughs> if anybody knows anybody who's hearing impaired and can tell us if Kramer is actually signing anything or if he's just doing weird Kramer gestures and passing it off as sign language. I really need to know. See, I definitely picked up on it being the latter. Uh, I, I I am a real the, sign language. No, the the. Oh. 
fake Kramer gesture. Exactly. Uh, I definitely picked up on the impression that Laura is doing real sign language. She's trying her best to read lips from across the room and then deciphering those to Kramer, which also don't know why Laura couldn't just tell them what they were saying later. I don't know why she had to sign to Kramer, especially when it was discovered like minutes ago that, hey, I'm signing to him to practice what we're going to do. He has no idea what I'm doing. Uh, I, I don't know why she couldn't just relay the message herself. Um, but yeah, I, I'm totally thinking Kramer is just doing his own sign language. But then, but he, so maybe he can't quote unquote speak sign language, but he can hear it. He can interpret it, but which is odd, but you can hear the things that Todd and Gwen are saying and Kramer's way. No, 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 that's, no, that's for, that's for us. The audience. Is that what you mean? Maybe. I don't know. I'm so lost. Yeah, like when they when they like zoom in on when they zoom in on Todd and Gwen, you know, the the audience, us, we can hear the conversation, but uh-huh. the people, you know, the gang can't hear it, and so she is reading their lips. Okay. Well, yeah, and, yeah. I, I picked up on that. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, but that's what's weird. Like Kramer can interpret sign language, but he can't speak it, quote unquote. You know what I mean? Okay. But I mean, he's going into like this like, whole he, rant of he, like, "Oh, I like care or I like peas, but I don't like pea soup." And weird, I don't like uh, this, but I like this soup. N- no one was saying that. I think Todd was saying that. I think Gwen and Todd were saying that. I don't know. I think that was their little <laughs> bit of small talk. You have something in your teeth, and you know, it's funny. I like carrots. I don't like carrot soup or whatever. Um, I think that was their weird little small talk because he does get it right later on, you know, like with, you know, when they say, oh, you know, it's going to be, you know, this party's going to be a mess. And he says, you should stick around and sweep with me. And so Kramer is able to relay that message, mm, except true, except Laura misinterprets sweep with me as sleep with me. So that's what Kramer says, because that's what he sees signed. <laughs> oh, you should stick around and sleep with me. Uh, oh, you want me to sleep with you? I don't want to sleep alone, uh, et cetera. And <laughs> so when George is hearing this, he, you know, we, oh, we can sweep together. That's what it was. We can sweep together or we can sleep together. Uh-huh. Um, and when George hears this, he walks over and confronts him immediately. And he doesn't throw Laura under the bus, which I think was also pretty great because mm-hmm. he's about to. And then he goes, I can read lips. So Gwen and Todd straighten out his story saying we were saying sweep, not sleep. And then he walks over to Kramer and Laura and lays into them and calls them idiots. You idiots don't know the difference between sweep and sleep or something like that. <laughs> um, and then Laura and Kramer start kind of fighting. And in sign language. Laura gestures. Yeah, in, in sign language. And Laura gestures wildly and hits George in the face. <laughs> Which I I am kind of upset didn't get followed up on. Like, in the next mm-hmm. scene, I was really hoping that George had, like, an eye patch or something and nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. I, that was a hit that didn't go anywhere. Um, where we open at the uh, U.S. Open in the next scene, and uh, it's Monica. Sell- Monica Sellis is in the finals, and they got great seats. Elaine, Jerry, and George, and Kramer is the ballman. And immediately, like the first volley, uh, Kramer <laughs> runs for the ball that hits the net at the same time, and, and basically, you know, just trucks Monica. Um, right in the middle of the court. Yeah, I mean, if you if you've seen any wrestling at all, this is a textbook spear. <laughs> I don't I don't know what that means. Oh, is that when you like lay your shoulder, like run your shoulder into somebody? Yeah, like right into their kind waist. Of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, later on, in uh, a car, the 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 same driver that's been driving us around in the car service the whole episode, uh, he is picking Laura up, 
and she tells him, you know, he starts saying, uh, oh, how about that uh, Monica Sellis or whatever? And she's like, oh, I'm deaf. And he goes, oh, but then he kind of looks at her, gives her a bit of side eye, <laughs> not knowing whether she's actually deaf or just playing deaf like he's been dealing with uh-huh. for the past week. Okay. And that's it. Uh, sidebar, I have no idea who Monica Sellis is. Yeah, she's, I mean, I recognize the name, definitely. Um, okay. I don't know anything about why she needed to come back or why she... <laughs> You know where she went. Yeah. Uh, okay. But, um, I I didn't know yeah. if like that was just me not knowing like this huge tennis icon or if it's uh, or or if I'm like completely justified. Yeah. I mean, I would I would say she was a um if if I know the name of a tennis player, you know, it's like Andre Agassi or I'm trying to think of anybody else or Venus uh, or you know, Serena it's, Williams. It's, it's, there you go. Exactly. Like they're obviously good. If if lay people like us know them they're probably good. You know, like we don't know the lower tier people. And so, and so Monica Sellis is one of those names that I definitely know. And so she must've been good, but I I don't know. um, I don't know much about her past that. Gotcha. Okay. But she was a real tennis player. Um, so they didn't just make it up. You know, they, they could have done that too. We get one more stand up bit. And again, this is another premise that kind of doesn't go anywhere where Jerry goes, Oh, you ever do that? It's kind of just like all based around that one little gesture Mm -hmm. and he doesn't really develop the premise even though it's a fine premise i go this is the sign for check and he's like they don't know what you're talking about you kind of have to go line by line and start adding it up and then they come over and they're like do you want the check and like no i want to be pen pals or something like that it, it seemed underdeveloped this particular bit yeah this was this was very very short yeah like, it was short too definitely like we've had some stand-up bits that are much too long but this was uh th- this definitely <laughs> could have benefited from an additional 10 to 15 seconds for sure yeah. Yeah. There's probably a bit of exploration that we just didn't get. And it's like it just falls flat. So uh, that's it for the episode. Uh, did we have any homework that we wanted to uh, try and look up? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. OK, I know. Cause yeah, amazingly enough, I, I know we we it's probably good because we still got to look up the candy bar. We still got to look up yes. um, uh, Ray J. Johnson. Uh, right. And that's going to take up our whole week. Just those two things. <laughs> that's it. That's our that's our entire week. <laughs> yep. Um, did we want to yep. come up with a better description? Let's see if we can. So we had George tries to capitalize on Jerry's date with a deaf woman. It's not bad. I I, I don't like the word capitalize, but what would you change um, in that place? Uh, capitalize. I don't know. Uh, George tries to maybe take advantage of. I don't know if capitalize is the right word. It makes it sound like he wants to make money off of her, you know. It but does. I, but I guess. Um, let me see. Capitalize to take take the chance to gain advantage from. Okay, I like I, that. Yeah, we can it, leave it as capitalized. Okay, yeah. It the definition, like the literal definition, is to take advantage yeah. of. Yeah, I like that. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's staying as. I can't it believe is. it. We like it. <laughs> yeah, a, a very rare occurrence anymore. I know. All right, let's uh, let's unzip Newman's mail sack. Okay. Ooh yeah! <laughs> uh, did did we ever get a, an unzipping sound effect? A zip? No, no, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this comes from uh, Will Hal. Uh, I, I believe is his last name. He submitted this to mm-hmm. our website. Actually, it says, "Hey guys, I've been cool. listening to the show since the start. Love it. I figure you've already recorded the episode, so I might be too late. But I found this and wanted to make sure you saw it too. And he actually just wanted to point out." The article about Charles Levin's body being found partially eaten by vultures. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I love I love that people are thinking of us. You know, <laughs> when that comes with this news, uh, that I mean, that really speaks to our reach at this point. Yeah, I I love it, and I, again, I just yeah, want, so I just got to touch uh, again on. 
I really can't believe that this happened uh, f- like five days after we released that episode. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. God. Um, and then uh, we also got a DM to at no hugging from our longtime friend, our, our longtime friend, Fred, Esposito, <laughs> our longtime Fred. <laughs> uh, he said, hey, guys, some quick <laughs> notes about the sniffing accountant. Uh, the sweater that Jerry and Kramer wear is the same exact sweater that George's girlfriend Carrie wears in season three, episode seventeen, "The Boyfriend." We mentioned that in the in the last episode. Yeah, did we? Okay, I, cu- I couldn't remember if we mentioned that or not. Uh, he also says Jake Jarmel was one of the cops in season four, episode one, "The Trip," uh, which he that I did not know. Yeah, I, I thought he looked familiar, but I wasn't sure why. And I mean that that makes mm-hmm. sense. And then I uh, can't remember if we touched on this before or not, uh, but I-, I think you had an idea about it, but I'm not sure if we went into full exploration of it. It says, the woman at the mailbox... Th- that this George- is on the last episode as was well. Was it? Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, but uh, he also says, the woman at the mailbox that George feels her material was also in season two, episode seven, The Revenge. She was the secretary that George threatens to take the wig off in the bar. Now I remember you mentioning that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I say it is the same exact character, not just the same actress. I, I think it's the same exact character. <laughs> And uh, that's that's all we got. That's uh, that's Newman's mail sack. Yeah. So let's zip that back up. <laughs> I think you're just gonna have to do it with your um with your mouth every time. <laughs> uh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll do it live every single time. Yeah, you're gonna have to. But let, let's um after this, let's not reference that it's your mouth. You know, let's not reference it's it's coming from you. When <laughs> whenever it's uh, you know, Newman's we'll just go it'll you'll just go zip and then we just won't even mention that it's not a real sound effect and maybe even play up the fact like, "Oh, got to remember to put the sound effect in," you know. <laughs> Man, I can't uh I just thought if he wasn't completely and totally canceled, I would definitely just drop in like a Bill Cosby sounder. Uh. <laughs> j- just have him go zoop or like zip or something like that but i i'm not doing that right. i'm not doing that smart <laughs> all right i, I mean did, did you have anything else about the episode no that's it all right well uh i mean uh, next week we got season five episode seven the non-fat yogurts uh original air date november 4th 1993 and if you're looking in tv guide that night you're gonna see jerry and elaine suspect kramer's yogurt shop is causing their weight gain hmm all right. Does, I, I do know what happens in this episode. Okay. D- does Kramer have his own yogurt shop or is it just like his regular yogurt shop? Yeah, I don't like the way they put that. I'm pretty sure Kramer is not an investor in this yogurt <laughs> shop or anything like that. I, I think he's just a big fan of it. Okay. Okay. So I can already see that we're probably going to end up changing that somehow. Because <laughs> I, I, I was genuinely confused because, I mean, Kramer's had some good entrepreneurial ideas before. Yeah. 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 <laughs> as far I, as I know, he doesn't own a yogurt shop. <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, when did Kramer invest? in a yogurt shop yeah yeah (laughs) all right i guess that's it yeah that's it all right cool for no hugging no learning i'm tim murphy i'm ted hallwell be good